We return to our public scripture reading, Psalm 46. And recalling that Psalm 46 is a psalm which proclaims the preeminence, dominance, and security of God in one field after another. The robust, defiant tone of this psalm strongly suggests that it was composed at a time of crisis. In verses 4 through 7, the sons of Korah, the human authors of this psalm, now take us to an abrupt contrast following verse 3. In verse 3, the world is falling apart. Whereas in verses 4 through 7, there is a place of quiet and peace. In fact, it is a place of quiet and peace in the midst of nations raging and kingdoms tottering. What verses 4 through 7 seem to depict is how God's people dwell in some sort of cosmological sandwich, if you will. And so in thinking about this, what do we find here in verses 4 through 7? Well, the first thing that we discover is a strange peace. A strange peace. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Where God's people dwell is not in the midst of, of roaring and foaming waters, like in verse 3. But God's people dwell in God's city, where there is a life-giving river. Yet such a place makes for a strange peace, since everything around us is falling apart. We also find not only a strange peace, but we find a big secret. A big secret. Why won't, why doesn't the city of God topple or move? Mountains move into the sea, as verse 2 indicates. And kingdoms totter and fall, as we're told in verse 6. But not God's city. Not the city of God. The reason for the city's resilience is simply what's stated in verse 5. God is in the midst of her. God is in the midst of her. That's the big secret. So despite how dangerous the storms may be, With God keeping you, with God sustaining you, with God preserving you, the promise of Psalm 46 is you'll never be moved. You will not totter. You will not topple. You will not fall in a fatal way. The third thing that we see is that we find in this 
portion of Psalm 46, that there is a right timing, a right timing The scripture tells us here in Psalm 46 and in verse 5 in the second clause, God will help her when morning dawns. When morning dawns, God will deliver. There's a right timing of when God intervenes in the lives of his people. Which also indicates that God's people will be assaulted and attacked and they will suffer tribulation, trial. But God will deliver. He'll deliver when the morning dawns. Now, here's something very illuminating that I discovered this week that I did not know beforehand regarding this clause in verse 5 of Psalm 46. When you read there, when morning dawns, the, that's the translation of a Hebrew word that's used. It's used only in one other place in the entire Old Testament. Just in one other place in the entire Old Testament is this term used. I want to take you there. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. So... The entire chapter of Exodus 14 is recording for us the greatest deliverance God ever, ever enacted for the children of Israel in all of their history. The crossing of the Red Sea. And in verse 27 of Exodus 14, in fact, let's start at verse 26. Start at verse 26 and we'll read verse 27. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. Verse 27. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course. And then note this. When... The morning appeared. That's our Hebrew word there. When the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Now, keeping your finger there, looking back at Psalm 46, it says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. What do you suppose the sons of Korah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, are wanting to recall to our minds by this term, 
when morning dawns. They're taking us right back to the crossing of the Red Sea. In fact, they're taking us right back to the very text of Scripture where this Hebrew word is used. And again, as I said, it's the only other place in the Old Testament it's used. But pay close attention to the context. It's used in the context of God delivering the children of Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. Now let's think about that for a moment. Let's think about that history, that moment in time for the children of Israel. When they came upon the Red Sea, before God opened it up, and then were alerted to the fact that the Egyptians were coming at them from behind, do you think they were afraid? They were very afraid. Do you think maybe some of them did not feel very secure? Perhaps many of them. Do you think any of them probably lost hope? I would imagine many, many of them lost hope in that great crisis moment. And of course, we know the rest of the story, right? God tells Moses, lift up your staff, and I'm going to part the sea. And God parted the sea. I mean, he parted the sea in such a way that when the Egyptians walked, ac walked across the bed of the sea, it was dry ground. Thousands, thousands of the children of Israel. I mean, we're not talking about a few people crossing. We're talking about thousands of people crossing to get on the other side. And as soon as they were all there on the other side, every last one of them. Well, the Egyptians thought that they would take benefit of this blessing too. What fools. What fools. Pharaoh, what a fool. No fear of God. Thought that he could defy the living, holy, eternal God. And he sent his entire military campaign into complete destruction. But what's key is when the morning appeared, it was all at God's right timing that the Egyptians were destroyed and the children of Israel were delivered delivered forever from Egypt. 400 years of bondage. And now, now, I mean, yes, God had wiped Egypt out with the seven plagues. The, the, the children of Israel had plundered all of the goods that were left over that to themselves as the Lord commanded. And they left Egypt. They left the land. But Pharaoh was not done yet. One more assault, one more attack. And for God, it was the final deliverance. But the point is, it was all in God's timing. Had the children of Israel suffered much under Pharaoh? Oh, yes, they did. Oh, yes. 
they suffered much. Many, many of the children of Israel had died under, under Pharaoh's very harsh and violent hand. But God's people have this assurance. While we may suffer, and suffer much, perhaps, it's only for a season. It's very temporary because, as Psalm 46 assures us, God is in our midst. And because God is in our midst, we will not be moved like the kingdoms of the earth. We will not totter. We will not fall in a fatal way because God will help her when morning dawns. When it's in his timing, his way, you can count on God to deliver. And brothers and sisters, when God delivers, he delivers. It is in the most complete and in the most fantastic way that man could never, ever do. And that's why in Psalm 46, not only do we find a strange peace and a big secret, but we find a right timing. The Lord's timing. Child of God, you may suffer much, but you will not suffer forever. And even in this time, even, even preceding glory, there will be an end to your trial. But it will be the right timing. It will be when the morning dawns. When God calls it. And when he calls it, you will know it. Because you will have a freedom like you never had before. Because God is in our midst. He is our God, our Lord. And we can count on him with everything that we are, with everything that we have. And that should encourage all of us as Christians in the most immense way. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, How exceedingly great is our great God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised indeed. And we thank you this morning, blessed Father, for such sweet, reassuring words of truth that you have given us in these last few moments, out of your holy, infallible word, reassuring us, Lord, that while the world around us may be falling apart, nations teetering and toppling, yet we as your people, we as the church, as the kingdom of God, we will not be moved like mountains and seas and nations. 
because Lord, you are in our midst. You hold us together. You keep us together. You preserve us, sustain us. And as the sons of Korah express in Psalm 46, therefore we will not fear. And so, Father, we thank you that what, that what Psalm 46 confesses, we, as your people in all ages, confess. We stand upon this great psalm, this portion of your word, as the banner of truth that we hold up for all to see and behold that the Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And how, Lord, we thank you for reminding us that our times truly are in your hand. And even what we may suffer for a season it is all by what you have permitted and what you have ordained and you turn it out for our greater good. And we thank you, Father, that when the deliverance comes, you reassure us that the timing will always be right. It's perfect timing because it's emanating from a perfect God. And so, Lord, we are so grateful for such comfort and such encouragement that you have blessed us and favored us with from your word this morning to this great and holy end. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, your eternal Son, our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen.